Coming at you with something a little bit different here, doing an old-fashioned Old Man Orange Presents of a classic episode of Via VHS that wasn't released from, oh, maybe almost even over a year ago or something like that. There's a, there's a handful of them in, like, the vault, so we sprinkling them out as time goes on. But uh, let's jump on into Dante's Peak, one of my favorite flicks. All right, so we're back again this week. Um, so last week, you know, we, we were in 1996, um, and we had some tornadoes, and uh, we wrecked some shit and had a good time. <laughs> we went to the Sun Zone, and now we're going a year into the future, and uh, we're talking Dante's Peak this week. We're keeping in this 90s disaster movie theme, and... Um, this movie gave me a panic attack, and so I got over. So well, I remember as a kid, like I would literally have like those kind of like I guess you would call them sort of nightmares, but like almost those like I always call them like disaster nightmares. It's like that thing where it's like you have either a fire or a volcano or something that no matter what you just can't seem to escape from, no matter how hard you like, you know how far you go, it's just always right behind you. It almost seems up until you wake up and then you go, oh good, think that's over. But um, that's sort of like what Dante's Peak was. It was always this one where it's like. Oh, well, a volcano, like, that's something that could kind of happen. Where, like, Twister's one of those ones, like, I live far enough away from a tornado. So, uh, uh, other than seeing one when I was in Tennessee, for the, for the most part, uh, you don't see those. But a volcano, it's like, well, there's mammoth. It's only, like, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump across a couple mountain ranges that direction. So, I mean, they even talk about it in this movie. They're like, remember that time that we alerted mammoth and then they went all crazy and the whole town collapsed? <laughs> they're like yeah we can't do that again Pierce Brosnan stop telling people there's a volcano gonna blow <laughs> Damn. yeah I um, I don't have to worry about volcanoes here or earthquakes like we'll have those little tremors every once in a while and like a lawn chair will fall over and they'll be posting memes we will rebuild like <laughs> nothing happens um, but yeah I mean I guess I had disaster dreams when I was a kid um, I was I, my parents are Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. and so I went to a Baptist like school when I went to um, Baptist church growing up. So pretty much all my disaster dreams were about the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would happen too. <laughs> yeah, so mine were pretty intense and caused a lot of existential crisis. Probably why I'm so screwed up. But hey, <laughs> you know. Well, I don't uh, know. My mother showed me Night of the Living Dead when I was six years old. That was a little bit traumatic, I guess. <laughs> I guess if you can handle anything, uh, handle that, you can handle anything. Yeah, that's what I felt. I felt like it was a good, like, it's good, a good upbringing. You know, a few zombie <laughs> nightmares and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I rarely had nightmares from movies. And when I did, it was very random. It was usually something that made me think a lot, not that scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a random Star Wars nightmare when I was a kid. Darth Vader and a couple stormtroopers came into our house, took my family. Um, and then I think I had a Jurassic Park nightmare and Pat Sajak was there. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's always the weirdest part about dreams is it like the random like combination of things together. And it's just like, huh, I wonder why my brain thought that was, you know, good acting choices and so on to put together in this play. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I had some weird ones, but this one, um, I, you know, when I just rewatched Dante's peak, I realized I don't even remember it. Like I remembered a few scenes. I'm like, Oh yeah, there's this thing. I remember this happening. Um, 
it had been much longer since I watched it than I realized. It's, it had been quite a while. And um, I really don't remember the last time I sat down and watched it all the way through. And um, I have to be honest, it was kind of better than I remember. I mean, it, it wasn't, there's some flaws. There's some flaws with this movie. Um, a lot of it being the science, even though I think this is actually more scientifically accurate than Twister, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're both not great in that in that regard. But yeah, this was pretty fun. Yeah, this one to me, this is my all-time favorite disaster movie. Is Dante speaking? Like, I personally consider it a perfect disaster movie the whole way through. It's fun. It's got amazing special effects and so on. And I kid you not, probably I, this is the third time I've watched this in about the last two years, I think. Because wow. I, I remember, like, I got it on Blu-ray, like, about two years ago, because I only had the VHS copy for the longest time. And I watched it then. I know I watched it again. It seems like not only, like, four or five months ago, and then, of course, for when we did the podcast here. But this is one of those ones, I mean, I used to bust out the VHS, like, all the time. I think it was just this double whammy of, like, you know, Pierce Brosnan. Like, I just kind of, like... Before GoldenEye came out, like, my parents were like, hey, here's all the 007 movies, you know, or probably was on, like, TBS, hey, here's all the 007 movies. So, like, I was just extremely in the 007, and then going to see GoldenEye in the theaters and whatnot, I was just like, oh, Pierce Brosnan, anything he's in, it's like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, Dante's Peak, (laughs) you know, and so, like, I think that was just kind of it, and then also to combine it, it's like, you got Sarah Connor in there, you got Linda Hamilton in this movie, so it's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger being my other biggest thing of that time period. You got 007 and Arnold together now, which, you know, Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. This movie was like the perfect storm. Plus it had an amazing like volcano explosions. Like how cool is that? That almost feels like it literally happened in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, obviously this is similar to um, um, the whole deep impact Armageddon thing where there's two volcano movies. Mm-hmm. Around the same time, and in this case, there was a race to get to the theaters first, and Dante's Peak won. Um, and it's also the better movie by far, in my opinion. Yeah, I think <laughs> and, so, too. <laughs> even though it's not, I, I, there's some areas where it's very flawed and it's not a great movie all the time, it's still compared to Volcano, just light years ahead of that. And it's, it's actually really fun. And I, I mentioned Deep Impact, I put this on the Deep Impact level, mm-hmm. but like it's really good, I enjoy it. The, the flaws that are in it are very obvious and kind of bring it down, but I like, I can get past them and have fun. I love Deep Impact. One of mm-hmm. my favorite movies, you know, I know it's in the middle. It gets really, really boring. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this, so obviously, I guess, you know, Pierce Brosnan, as you mentioned, Linda Hamilton. Usually when I say that guy from The, the Thing, it's usually like a guy from a movie. I can't remember, but this guy was literally from The Thing, and I can't remember his name. <laughs> Um, he was he was in the movie The Thing by John Carpenter Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have like it's kind of similar to Twister in the fact that you have this group of like um, plucky kind of like geologists volcanologists and they come into town but you don't really you don't have that Philip Seymour Hoffman character you don't have that one you really get attached to. I don't. You don't even. I don't even think you learn their names. The the, the really. closest guy to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now I'll say he's not even on the level of Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it's the guy that I think of him from True Lies in the van with um, Tom Arnold. The guy with the curly hair was like coffee, 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 coffee. Like he's oh, yeah, he's yeah. like trying to choose scenery. It's just not working out as well. 
No, no. <laughs> that, that's what he. It's just a goof in it, but like not like the Philip Seymour Hoffman lovable goof that like you want to kind of feed him biscuits and like take him home. But <laughs> yeah, there's got like these these little side characters, uh, with the exception of Chris Brosnan's boss. Um, really, they could have just been background people that had like here's a here's a piece of paper, little tiny piece of dialogue and go away, and it wouldn't really change the movie that much. You don't get attached to them. Um, there is the one guy he helps on the on the volcano. Yeah, the guy who always kicks the the robot. Yeah, he's kind of like kicking the technology. He reminded me of uh, Dennis Nerdy from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Nedry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just the jacket he wore. Maybe you thinking of that, but he, that's kind of who he reminded me of. And he has a little a little bit of screen time, and you kind of care about him a little bit, but. Really, it's it's Pierce Brosnan, Lynn Hamilton, and our kids that are kind of like the focus of this movie. In in the science group of Pierce Brosnan's, there is that one chick that's in there. Literally, the one chick that that lady's in Godzilla, the nineteen ninety eight one. She plays like the Brooklyn guy's like you know girlfriend or wife or whatever she is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like a, that's like a weird like like those. It's like oh, there we go, two disaster movies. She went from ninety seven, ninety eight. Man. Yeah, th- th- I mean, this is the trend. I mean, from the mid '90s on, I mean, you have Independence Day, you have two meteor movies, two volcano movies, Godzilla. I mean, those are a few other ones that try to destroy the world uh, in this time frame. I mean, this is definitely one of the better ones. I think it's um, like I said, it gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Definitely at the end, this movie stressed me the hell out. Look at that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I'll set the stage a little bit. Don't speak if you never saw it, go watch it before you listen to the review because we definitely spoil it. But it's like 20, what, three years old, so get over it, I guess. Well, it's that thing, no matter what, at the end of the day, you know, just like Stanley always said of comics, you know, at some point it's always someone's first movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's how I always say it. It doesn't matter how old the movie is, you know, you never know what movies you've seen in order and what movies I've seen in order and so on, but, um, Oh, yeah. But I assume if someone's probably listened to, they have an understanding of the film. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely go check out um, Dante's Peak if you haven't seen it. But essentially, this is a little town called Dante's Peak. That's what the movie's named after. Um, and uh, it's the at, the at the start of the movie, um, well, not the opening scene, but you kind of learn a little bit about this town. It's this quaint little mountain town. What state is it? Is it in Oregon? In, in the movie, it takes place in Washington. The town itself okay. is actually in Idaho, but like yeah, yeah. right next to Washington. Yeah. Okay. So I I couldn't remember if the movie specified what state it's in, but Dante Speak is the town, the name of the fictional town. Uh, second, and it gets an award for second best town in America, mm-hmm. popular twenty thousand. Um, and Linda Hamilton's the mayor. And she's um, a divorcee. She's got two kids. Uh, one's a little brat, kind of an a hole, getting yeah. in trouble. Just you know, hanging out in the mines, like that. It's just like it was like when she goes to fight. Like I go pick up my son. Like where's he at? Oh, he's at the old abandoned mine. And he just comes up. These like two like delinquent kids who look like they're like five years older than him. It's just like what is he doing? What do you think he's doing in there? Of those older <laughs> kids, and those older kids just come out and be like, eh, whatever, 90s kind of grunge, like Marilyn Manson looking. <laughs> yeah, he had no business hanging around with those older kids. They're getting in trouble. And when, for a split second, 
for a split second when he first when you first see Linda Hamilton's son in this, you th is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt? And then you realize it's like great value, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's not really him, but he, just for like a split second, it looks like Angels in the Outfield era. Uh huh. Um, but it's not him. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if these kids have done anything since, really. Um, well, it sounds so weird. There's like the daughter, and I was just when I was flipping through, just looking at stuff, like just seeing what other people did. I saw a picture of her, and I, I kid you not, I looked at it and was like, "Oh, that must have been that." Like I was thinking, it was that nerdy scientist lady or whatever who's in Godzilla as well too. And it was like, "Oh no, that's the little girl." And I'm looking like. She's the same age as me. She looks like she's like 20 years older than me in this picture here. I'm not saying she looks bad, but she just looks like way older. And I was like, it's just so weird when someone's the exact same age as you and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what? That's that, that's also what 30 can look like too? Or, you know, whatever she is? I think it's like, I do the same thing with um, Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. I think it's her. But we're like, I feel like we're a month apart. I think she's like a month older than me. I yeah. Think. Right, wrong on that. It doesn't matter. Well, technically, but it's like Emma Stone is like only a month away from me. It sounds so weird, but like exact same age as her, pretty much. What are we doing? What are we doing? That's all I think about. Whenever you see that kind of stuff, and you're like, "Oh, that's like I just I've never seen this. Like that's how much Emma Stone's got done, and you know, the last twelve <laughs> years, Jesus Christ." <laughs> I'm, I'm, I make funny books and podcasts. Hey. <laughs> You've got real talent, man. They just don't—they don't know it yet. Just wait till, we're gonna get ourselves in front of the people, you know, um, that decide things. But um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, you watched this one a lot as a kid. I remember watching this one as a kid and enjoying it. But I, um, for some reason, in the back of my mind, I don't know why. I don't know if it was compared to Volcano, which I, I never liked. I never liked that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but. I just, in my mind, I'm like, I don't really like this movie. This is what I always remembered. Hmm. But when I rewatched it, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, and there were definitely certain parts that stuck out to me that really bothered me. But um, essentially, what's going on in this movie is Pierce Brosnan, at the very beginning, it's similar to Twister. Yeah. You brought up Twister. You had the disaster at the very beginning of the movie, the opening scene of the film. And um, Pierce Brosnan's been... Uh, Columbia? Yeah, he's in Columbia. I, I always want to say he's like in the Philippines, but then it's like then the second that scene always starts up, it's like, oh yeah, it's Columbia, duh. But I don't know why in my mind I always started out like, oh, he's in the Philippines. He does mention he goes to the Philippines. He does, yeah, so maybe that's, maybe that's where I get these things all tied together and whatnot. But Pierce Brosnan there, he's like looking for his girlfriend, running around. Of course, she's like, oh, let's study this. He's like, oh, are you crazy? Look outside! <laughs> they, that was a disturbing opening scene, actually. I it mean, is pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, Pierce Brosnan, he says to Linda Hamilton that he goes anywhere where there's a volcano with an attitude, because that's a cool movie thing to say. <laughs> well, it's the 90s, it's attitude generation. <laughs> <laughs> he delivers, like, no, he he delivers those one-liners better than most, because he's just so, like, he sounds like a Shakespearean actor, mm -hmm. which he's probably not. Um, but he, he delivers lines like he is sometimes, it's real smooth. But, um, yeah, like the opening scene, uh, they're they're almost out of the town or whatever. Like they're getting away. You got the the pyroclastic flow that's mm -hmm. happening, and ash and debris and like little volcano meteors are falling from the sky. And they're, they're almost out of town, and his girlfriend like gets gets a uh, volcanic um, cinder. Yeah, I guess right. 
just you know, yeah. a little volcano meteor right through the head, just sitting there, bleeding out, just a big old hole in her head, whatnot. Pierce Bros is like driving, holding her and crying. It's like it is like it's like, oh shit, get ready for some volcano action, kids. She, that lady delivered it too because she's like I got one minute and 12 seconds of screen time I am dying the shit out of this I am so dying like she delivered um, but yeah that's basically Chris Frost's backstory going into this and then you catch up with him four years later he's doing a lot of push ups yeah he's, he's, he's busting out those push ups yeah staying in shape and uh, basically he um, he's a workaholic he doesn't want to take a break everybody's like hey man you get on her nerves, and you get out of town, and uh, he won't do it. You know, no, he, he he solves volcano mysteries. That's what he does. You yeah, know what I mean, he doesn't got time to go, you know, fishing down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, no time for that. He's a volcanologist. Yeah. So he, I guess he's supposed to be taking a break or vacation. They don't clear it too well, and he gets called to Dante's Peak to check out a little a few little tremors, like there's like very minimal activity, just enough to kind of like warrant somebody to go out and knock on the volcano's door. Like, you all right in there? I mean, basically that's what it's doing. Like, it's not really anything. Yeah, it's almost like they're just like, hey, you know what? There's little tremors. This will get Pierce out of the office for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's his name? I can't even remember his name. I think it's Harry in this one. Yeah. It's just weird because, like, Harry doesn't seem like a Pierce Brosnan name. No. Harry! You know, like... No. I'm just going to keep calling him Pierce Brosnan because Harry does not... Like, th- this was obviously written for somebody else. I didn't remember seeing in the trivia who else was considered. For... It was, I think if, at one point there was Michael Douglas was going to play it, which I could yeah, totally I see did. Michael Douglas play. I could see Michael Douglas being named Harry, too, almost. Yeah. Harry just like, seems like that's like, you know, like, I don't know, it's like Woody Harrelson playing that or something like that. You need like one of those characters. Yeah. John Goodman. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Michael Douglas would have played this character, I don't know why. This probably makes no sense, but I feel like um, his character would have been similar to the one in Ghost of the Darkness. Oh, gosh. One of my favorite movies right there, too. That's almost like a disaster movie. It's like a disaster movie of animals, I guess you could say. I guess it's still like in that horror movie yeah. category. But. That, we should review that one soon. That one's pretty good. That I movie's so good. That's another yeah. one of those ones I remember watching like almost as like a little kid because I watched it like right when it came out on video or whatnot. And it was just like I remember being like up at like midnight 30 and being like, this movie's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, watching it, it doesn't age as, as well. And Michael Douglas really chopped that movie up. But yeah, I guess we'll save it for the review on that one. But we should do that one soon. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically, uh, Pierce Brosnan goes to Duffy's Peak. And this is when Linda Hamilton and the town is getting the award for, I think, for Money Magazine for second. Mm-hmm. Best population under 20,000. Um, you hear this several times. And uh, he's like, she, he catches up with her right after the meeting, and that's kind of where things start. She's like, I gotta, th- I gotta, I gotta show you around the mountain. They're obviously trying to set these two up in the story pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, just like well, as well, just be like, hey, by the way, it's like, here's here's this, you know, br- you know, British Irish guy shows up to your house. You know, I mean, go show him around the mountain. You know, he's in the volcanoes and stuff. And then he's like, oh, wait, by the way, I gotta pick up the kids. <laughs> and that's where we find like. 
whatever the little Billy kid or whatnot just like comes out of the mine shaft, just like crawls out, and this mine's just like left in like town, like Silent Hill style or something like that, like just a yeah, dead center, was- you know, whatnot. And it's based on a you know that mine's actually like a real mine that's right there in that town and what have you. And I think that's even like what they named their like school football team after and what have you in the real Idaho town. <laughs> the miners. Yeah, the you know something like that. You know, so they get I the kids. Because I got some opinions on that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he. Um, but I, I like. Oh no! You go ahead. So I was just gonna say the way they're setting them up in this movie, though, and like she's divorcee, she's got the kids. The only problem. It's let me say this statement like fully before anybody judges me on it because I don't mean this mean at all. It's actually the opposite. I, it's hard for me to take Linda Hamilton seriously in the lead in a romantic role. Not because she's not attractive mm-hmm. or not because she's not feminine. It's just because no matter what, I think she's going to be, it can be anybody's ass. Yeah. Like, I feel like she could take Pierce Brosnan, honestly. So, so, so what, what you say is that guy probably, you know what I mean? He got kind of scared after he saw her destroy a machine and just, he, he traveled back in time. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he did he didn't die. Well, you got this movie almost. Those kids, like, if you think about those kids' age, they could almost be like John Connor. This is literally Terminator. This could be another, like, like instead of, like, her, like, maybe this is an alternate future or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Where in 1997, it wasn't Judgment Day. It was Dante's Peak. Because <laughs> <laughs> that kid right there is all, he's even got, like, a John Connor haircut. Every kid in the 90s had the John Connor haircut. Well, that's like, like, I remember, I remember going to like the barber. I'm like, I want a John Connor haircut. The guy's like 90 years old looking at me like, oh, John Connor. <laughs> uh, here's a picture of Terminator 2. <laughs> I, had the bowl, I had the bowl cut going on for sure. I yeah. had that happen. That's a, Guy Gardner had a bowl cut forever. That's my favorite Green Lantern. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I, I rocked it. I did pretty well. Um, so, yeah, basically, the first half of this movie is just. You know, Linda Hamilton taking Pierce Brosnan around, and he's like, he's getting like really small clues. He'll look at a rock and be like, everyone's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get like these really small clues, and nobody really pays attention to him. But then there's the, the, um, he tests like the pH level of the water. Yeah, with the pH, which is funny. He's like, you're a full whale, basically. (laughs) Um, but no, there's the, uh, the scene with the, uh, hot springs. Yep. Which is pretty, uh, pretty scary. They, they traumatize the shit out of these kids for uh, the next hour and a half. Well, that, that's what, like, as a kid watching this movie, that's when you think Hot Springs, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Dante's Peak. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this couple goes up there, as the grandma says, for a little bit of hot nookie. Oh, hot nookie. <laughs> and uh, this purview old grandma, I'll get to her in a minute. But uh, these, this couple, while this, Ceremonies going on for the award. They're up there in the hot springs. I think they're backpackers or something. And I guess it gets really hot all of a sudden because I guess maybe the lava is rising through the surface and it's, you know the volcano is starting to come active and they get boiled. Mm-hmm. And uh, they find this because Linda Hamilton's kids are getting ready to jump into the hot spring and Pierce Brosnan's like no and saves the kids. So he's already kind of you know becoming their dad. Who jumps into a hot spring? That's all I got to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who doesn't feel the water first? Like, that sounds, it sounds terrible. Even jumping into a hot tub is never really the greatest idea ever. It's kind of like, I think you ease into a hot tub, you jump into a pool. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same kid playing in an abandoned mine like five minutes over. <laughs> exactly. With like his like meth kit, you know, friends. They're in like Idaho, you know, Washington area. What do you think those kids are up to? <laughs> yeah. He he was ready to jump in. Yeah, I I was thinking of what made what this made me think of when I was watching it is the Eddie Murphy skit from Saturday Night Live. Where he's playing James Brown. He's like, Oh god, it's hot girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking to think of like you gotta dip your toes in that man but nah John Connor was about to just you just go for it he didn't care he this, is, this is ultimate reality John Connor <laughs> yeah I, he, I like ultimate reality John Connor but um you know what else yeah, the nice thing about that kid though is that kid is set up to be like oh this kid's gonna be a really shitty kid and he's not really you know what I mean? No. He, he's set up like that, and you think that's where it's going to go, and then he's just like, "Oh no, he's just he's fine. He's got a little, he's got some '90s attitude, but that's about it." <laughs> well, he does steal a car later in the movie. I almost get everyone killed. Like when you think about yeah. it, this yeah really causes some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he sets up a lot of hassle for Pierce Brosnan. Let's just say it. Pierce Brosnan didn't know what he was literally getting into. <laughs> well, no, he didn't know what he's getting into. Like, and these kids, I feel bad for them because not only is, you know, they're abandoned by their dad, now this volcano is about to blow up, and then all of a sudden there's this new father figure inserting himself into this traumatic situation. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like these kids turn out well later, especially with what happens at the very end, towards the end of the movie. But, um, yeah, so Chris Bryce is like, listen, shit's getting real. We need to put the town on alert. And it's basically Jaws mm-hmm. from here on out, like for the next, like, half hour, because... The mayor said this time the mayor's like, hey, maybe we should put the town alert, like the mayor's the good guy. But then one of the other council members is like, nah, because this schmuck over here, like Johnny Douchebags, like, you know what? He's Mr. Republican in this movie. <laughs> the Captain Republican. <laughs> yeah, he's Captain Republican. He's Captain Republican in this movie. He's like, he's gonna give them an eighteen million dollar investment for some business that they don't really clarify. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, this is a really inconvenient time for this fucking volcano to happen. <laughs> yeah, just like, hey, Mr. Volcano Expert, just go tell the volcano to hold off for another thousand years so I can get this business deal done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, that was what the town hall's reaction was. And now we got to go with the damage control. Like, we have 18 people in this town, guys. We need to chill the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, that's what was, I look at this town, it's like. Yeah, like they, they could easily put a like a evacuation notice into this town. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's not that big of a town. They, they do the thing for know. me when like ever there's like a forest fire is major. They're like, hey, yo, like the police officers will come by and they'll be like, they'll give you that warning. But like, we're gonna give you a warning now, but there might not be enough time for us to come back again when stuff gets real. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that that kind of warning. There might not be enough time for a second one, so start thinking about it now. Evacuated before, like you had to leave. Okay. There was about I, I, like eight years ago. There was a big fire, like in Yosemite and whatnot. Hmm. And it was getting kind of close. Like they, you could just you could watch the planes fly over the house, and they'd be like so low, and they just had these massive bombers from the forest fire or the fire department just kind of going over and over and over and over again and whatnot. And you kind of at nighttime, you see the big old glow. Didn't get close enough, but you you know, there's always that moment where you never know when that day might happen. Yeah, that's I've, I've been evacuated for um, hurricanes a couple times. Mm-hmm. Once in once in North Carolina, one one was for Hugo, which was a big one here, and it was supposed to actually hit our hometown, 
yeah. and they evacuated us from Pennsylvania. And then while we were in Pennsylvania, the turn the, the storm turned, missed our town, and went through Charlotte, which is inland, destroyed yeah. everybody. <laughs> my grandparents have like power for like a month. <laughs> oh, jeez! No branches down or anything. Yeah, I remember the same fire. This before we get too distracted. They literally the forest department shaved this land, you know, to make a blockade. And then all of a sudden, you kind of realize you're like, wait a second, I'm on the wrong side of that blockade. That is literally <laughs> like being in like World War One, and then you're like in France and whatnot. And then you notice they're digging the trench. Behind your house. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, I'm on no man's land now. <laughs> oh, man, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, that, that would be a scary situation. And this one, you know, a volcano is not one that you like, especially if it's like right next to your town. There's no riding it out. Yeah. Like, it's not like a hurricane. They're like, I'm staying here. Well, the grandma was literally like, I'm staying here. Like, she actually acts like she worships that volcano. That volcano's been here my whole life. It's provided for us. It's brought us great fortune. Like, she's, like, really invested in that volcano. Like, there's no way it's going under. It's it's going to be here. I put all my stocks into this volcano. <laughs> we have a business relationship. This volcano would tell me it was going to blow yeah, like yeah. she's almost got like this personal, like you know, me and the volcano, we have tea together, you know, every week. Don't you be telling me you know more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah, it, Grandma, I'm gonna get to her in a minute because she makes me so angry in this movie. But um, so for the next little bit, basically, it's uh, Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan flirting, and Linda Hamilton finds out about his um, ex girlfriend who got uh, volcanoed in the head yeah. in Colombia. <laughs> And, um, you know, and basically it's Pierce Brosnan being like, hey, we're in a bad situation. And everybody's like, well, the science says different. But you're talking to Pierce Brosnan, motherfuckers. Yeah. He know. <laughs> <laughs> he just stopped GoldenEye only two years ago. Come on, guys. Get with the program. Yeah. He's clearly <laughs> the star of this movie. Like, you need to pay attention to what's going on. So, like, they'll go on the mountain and, like, not, like they'll study it. Nothing happens. They'll study it. And then they get up on top. They have a little tremor, and this guy gets his leg broke, and they're still like, Pierce Brosnan is an idiot. Nothing's happening in this town. And it does, they don't realize they're in trouble until Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton are finally about to seal the deal. Right? Things are getting hot and heavy, and she gets a good glass of water, and it's sulfur. It's brown sulfur water. Uh-huh. And he take, they go check out the water supply, and they're like, here's your proof, dumb sons of bitches. This, this volcano is going up. And from there, it's pretty much action. I love how Pierce also doesn't have to, he doesn't call. He literally drives there and kicks down like the motel door in the middle of the night just to walk into the restroom and be like, check the water out. <laughs> what are you doing here? Proving you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see your expression in person. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he basically owns that scene. He owns his boss. And his boss does admit later, he, you know what for were? You were right, I was wrong. And I, I respect him for that. Yeah. They, they still, he still dies. Yeah, he, he still doesn't make it, but it's only because, like, because I always think about that scene where he doesn't make it. I know it's a little bit jumping ahead, but he's crossing this bridge. And, of course, I love how the Humvees, for some reason, drive in front. You think they put the van in the center, so if anything... I, 
I thought that my whole life. I'm like, why is the why is the two wheel drive van in the rear? My thing is, why why is he not in just one of the hunk like the van? They can't have seat for one more guy. Well, what I'm thinking is because he wanted the equipment. You know what I mean? He's the boss. He's the invested one. That's that kind of thing that nobody else thinks about but him. And he's like, we, we got $500,000 plus worth of equipment in this van. Like, I, I can't just let it go. So he's driving the van. But but I just, it, it, for me, I just think it's like, why is he not in the middle of the Humvees? Those Humvees should be around that van. They're just like, whatever, screw that guy. <laughs> we got four-wheel drive. What You know, I'm 19 years old. I was put into a Humvee. What? We expect me to make decisions. Yeah, that, that stressed me out. That stressed me out so so bad. Oh my god! And then yeah. he goes across that bridge, and there's also that moment too where it's almost like if he probably would have just jumped out of the van and just went for it, he could have made it. But I still, I still think it's supposed. He thought he's like, I can make this equipment across. I can make it across. It's one of those moments in life where you 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 think you really can, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, you don't play those games in life. You don't do that. My ass will be like. I would have left the equipment. Give me like, but yeah, you know what? But then again, if he would have saved that equipment, think about that. He would have been like, oh shit, you got all the equipment out of there. You know, I mean, that's pretty, pretty pretty good because I didn't know what we were going to do if you didn't get that equipment out. (laughs) Well, he didn't anyway. He goes in the river with them. Yeah, so like, I guess I'm going to job at Taco Bell. (laughs) There goes our, (laughs) there goes our future in that van. (laughs) We're not going to get corporate sponsors. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which. This movie. Do you got a tie in? Oh, wait. No, I lost it. Never mind. This movie's also brought to you by Pepsi. Clearly. Oh, yeah. And Mountain Dew. You have the best. Just like Twister. Like a lot of Pepsi. Also Mountain Dew. Yeah, but they just kind of went hand. It's like no Diet Pepsi, though. <laughs> you, you don't drink a Diet Pepsi in the. Did you see what? I saw one, okay. I saw one Diet Pepsi in the machine. That was like uh, that, like the little thing in the in uh, Linda Hamilton's little cafe. Oh, so one time, okay. I was looking. Yeah, because I noticed I did see a lot of Mountain Dew and, and Pepsi, and it's just one of those ones like we know where you are. <laughs> oh my god, I, I have my surge can. I don't know what happened to my Pepsi can. I see, I see your surge one there. The surge one's amazing. I have I'll have to find. I have a surge pencil somewhere. <laughs> the most random surge object. I remember those ones. Like I literally got like in school one day. I'm like Psh, taking this pencil. Like I, I already knew in like 1996. I was like, yes, this surge pencil is mine. We're not sharpening it. Actually, it might be sharpened once, but I mean, I wasn't gonna use it. I was like, this is too cool. <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> I admire you for this. I really do. Um, but anyway. Something I want to touch on. So that that bothered you with the the whole van. Something that bothered me, and this kind of like, this is before that sequence, and this is kind of like how things get ramped up. So when the sulfur gets in the water, they're finally like, okay, we got to call this meeting and tell everybody to evacuate, which is kind of too late at this point. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do we do? What's the best way to handle this situation? So the police officer goes to the town, gets on the loudspeaker, but instead of saying, hey, get your shit and get the fuck out, here's what he says. I want everybody to go to one spot in the middle <laughs> of town to where it's really hard to get out in a really fast, efficient way. Yeah. I want everybody to stand into this auditorium at a very dangerous moment in time. If everybody could do that, that would be great. Yeah, our school has all of like, you know, two exits. 
I also love that, like, that police officer is given orders when the National Guard shows up. You know that the National Guard's like, yo, yo, buddy, you can, you can just sit down yeah. now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're sheriff of this 1,500, like, person town. They probably was like, hey, let this guy do all the work. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy's just like, I'm glad your boys are here, so this is what my plan is. You're going to go right up to the, you know, the hills up here and evacuate these guys. I want you to go down to downtown, and, you know, there's this cafe over here. you got to make sure they get out, because God forbid if we don't make those good sandwiches, you know, in the future. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that whole thing was weird. That whole was... That, that sheriff's it, taking too much responsibility. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what this film does is, like, you know, with all the setup, it gives you, like, it's not just, like, one disaster and you're trying to get away from it. Like, with Twister... Which I did think Twister was a better movie, but one thing that's like it's it's con- consistently tornadoes, mm-hmm. like in different ways. What happens with this movie is once it gets going, once the disaster element takes effect, it's one thing after another. Now now it's people getting out of town and they're trampling each other in the gymnasium, and then all of a sudden this little tiny town turns into New York City, and everybody's got five cars. They're trying to get out of this town, so that's like the first step. And that's hectic. And they were like, where's the kids? we got to get to this place. And the next thing is where <laughs> I get really mad is Linda Hamilton calls grandma, like, hey, you got to get out of there. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm going <laughs> to ride the volcano out on the volcano. I'm going to ride the volcano out on the volcano. Yeah, she's just like, I mean, like, I guess it's like, maybe grandma's like, you know, I feel like I'm going to die at any moment now. I, I- <laughs> Me and the volcano have been here for the last like eighty five years. Like we got a we got a connection. So just don't get me. Let me just die the way I want to die. And of course, the kids decided to ruin that. Were they ruined Grandma's like magical death? She was probably gonna have like a ritual like volcano death out there. You know what I mean? And then yeah. of course, kids show up in like the Toyota Four Runner, being like, "Grandma, we came to save you." She's like, "You're ruining my plans, Billy." <laughs> Yeah, like Linda Hamilton and Prince, uh, I was about to say Prince, Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan get to the house and there's like this horribly written note, we went to save grandma. Oh my God. First of all. <laughs> Think about how pissed you'd be. <laughs> no, I would be living if my son did that, but I will put myself in the kid's shoes. If I would have done that, my dad was a Marine. <laughs> I would have stayed on the mountain. Like I would not have wanted him to find me. Like I just, you know what? I'll take the mountain. Yeah, but it's going to kill us. I want to take the mountain. Mountain, Mountain's probably a safer option at this point. Yeah. I was like, I'm just saying, because there's no way I want to survive. At that point, I'm dead either way. You know, I'll take my chance at the mountain. You know what I mean? You never know. Yeah, it it was, God, that just drove me so crazy. So they go up there to get her, and then um, Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton got to go and this is when stuff starts to and they got smoke through the river and ash is falling down and trees are falling down they have to go all through some crazy shit just to get the grandmas and then when they get there now they're on the mountain so they're even in worse shape and they find the kids and Linda Hamilton's like you bitch <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like I mean, I- I mean, as far as the kids go, that's like one of those moments where you can kind of easily go, oh, those kids are kind of stupid, but at the same time, they love their grandma. Let's just say that. Like, grandma was pure awesome to them. That, that was the kind of grandma who's like, come on, kids, we're going to, you know, go smoke a cigar and, you know, swing off the rocks like Tarzan. You want to do that? Because that grandma was like that one that's like, 
you know, she's not like most people's grandmas are like, oh, we're going to like bake cakes and hang out and sit around and watch the pony show and whatnot. No, like that grandma's like, oh, there's a zip line over here. We're going to go ride that. But grandma, you're 85. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, like that's grandma takes you to like Magic Mountain to go like ride all the rides. That was my grandma. She took me to Carolines. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. They, um, but see, the thing is with her, like, that's not even like Linda Hamilton's mom. That's the, her ex-husband's <laughs> mom. And she doesn't even know where her son is. It, it, you and, know what's weird? There's a moment she literally mentions it. I, I could have swore she mentions like that guy disappeared like 26 years ago, which made no sense to me. I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> These kids yes. aren't that old. I think she said six years ago. Oh, maybe six years ago. Maybe that I just I, I misread it like the last time I heard. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like yeah. he's he's been gone I, I, out of the picture for a long time. Then, yeah. Like, wait a minute. How did you? Don't ask questions. Um, so, then let's get to the part. Okay, there's two really there's two parts in this movie that stressed me out. You know which ones they are probably already really gave me anxiety the last one in particular i almost stopped watching it. <laughs> i'm kind of mad um so the first one is the acid lake yeah driving where, a little fishing boat yeah. so i knew automatically i remember this is one of the scenes i remember soon like i didn't think about it until they got in the boat but as soon as they got in the boat i'm like oh shit it was acid and then i saw the fish i'm like yeah this i remember this scene and um I guess I just, you know, excluded it from my memory because of trauma or something. But damn, <laughs> this sounds so weird. Like this is the part that, like, I always bust up laughing so hard when, like, they're in that boat and then they like, get to the end and the grandma jumps out in the water and she's like pulling the boat. She's like, ah, with like the most exact. Because I remember one time. Getting in a hot tub with my friend that loved Dante's Peak as much as I did. And this, I remember this hot tub. We were at like a hotel once. And it was so hot. Like way hotter than any other hot tub. And I remember the first I was like, oh God, I feel like the grandma on Dante's Peak. <laughs> so like now every time I see the scene, I think of that hot tub experience. I know it's not nearly the same, but like it takes me to that where it's just like, oh, it's just walking across like grandma pulling that boat. I always kind of think when I watch that movie, I'm like, you know what? I think they could. I think they could have glided there. I felt like they had enough. There, there's a couple. I mean, I know it does that thing where they're like gliding, 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 and then all of a sudden there's a shot where they're like, why are they not gliding anymore? Like I've been in a boat. Like sometimes when an engine goes out, it goes for a while. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just stop like a car. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the the, um, the viscosity of the lake is different because acid or something. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is in the boat and like right when they're in the middle of the, you know, crossing the pond, you start seeing the bubbles. Mm-hmm. in the boat and like coming through like oh my god they're gonna leak and like they get in there like everybody's gonna just boil to death and it's gonna be horrible it's so stressful because they drag this out forever yeah like Chris is like trying to go there like using this pat like uh his shirt or something with kind of pedal it, it burns like, off the propeller that's like the part i always think about like when the propeller gets burnt off or yeah. you know, eaten away and whatnot it's coming out he's like holding the little girl too picking her up like don't sally don't touch like the acid down there whatever and they're like seeing where where, where you boat like the whole scene is like that scene is done really really well it's really suspenseful it's really like they're not gonna make it and at the last minute i was was thinking of dumb and dumber with the grandma because it's like right when i think you can't be any dumber you go and totally redeem yourself (laughs) 
<laughs> and pushing the kids to safety. And um, she makes it for a little while longer. They carry her down the mountain, but grandma, she got, uh, she got burnt up. She got burnt to a crisp. You notice the other weird one, too, is right in this part, too, right beforehand, is that dog just runs off into the woods like a crazy fella. And that's like that thing where you're like, oh, I, I guess that's the end of that dog, you know. Like, they bring it back, yeah. they, they bring it back, but it's like, I, I just accept, like, oh, I guess that's the end of the dog the first time I saw this. I'm like, you know. I almost went to one of my favorite websites, which is um, uh, Does the Dog Die? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that website because that's my thing about me. Like um, sad dog movies, I don't, I don't like at work. We had one at work, and uh, I said I'm not working that movie. I won't like do it. My dog Skip or something. It was what was it? It was that new one where our dog's life or whatever. Like the dog keeps reincarnating. Oh wow, gosh! Shut my microphone. No, it's um, both of those were there. The a dog's life, the one with. Um, uh, um. I almost said Mila Kunis, but that's not it. Um, <laughs> um, What's his name? Oh my gosh! Frankie hey. Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Nunes. Oh, that might be a different one. Maybe I don't know. I'm thinking my dog skipped that one because that, that was like one of the. I remember like being like one of those ones where it's like he has that dog and it's there the whole time and what have you. I don't do it, man. It sounds weird, I, like. Nowadays, like there used to be that part where like a dog would get shot in the movie and be like, "Oh my god!" Like, dude, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I, I there was a point in my life where at some point where it's just like, "Oh, the dog got shot." Oh, okay, I guess it's no different than the guy getting shot too. If they do the one where they drag the dog out, where it's like it's like a you know really lovable friend, and then they have that slow death scene or something like that. That that's kind of always intense, but like almost like if it's an action movie and the dog gets shot, like yeah, it's sad, but I don't know. I, I take it just like yeah, well, I guess it's like his partner dying too. So. uh I could handle John Wick. Yeah, John like Wick. like John Wick. That's a perfect example. Like for some reason, by the time that movie came out, like it didn't bother me as much as it would have bothered me when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know what changed, but it was just like, oh okay, I get it. I mean, I'm I'm pissed too. Let's go kill some people. But yeah, no, it's it's um yeah that bothers me. In movies. Real quick before I move on to everybody who's listening, if you are there's certain things you hate about movies that you can't handle. Go to Does the Dog Die. And it doesn't spoil the movie. It'll just tell you, dude, it's just like a whole giant list of things. It's not just dogs. It'll like, does an animal die? Does, is there like drug use? Or is there anything that bothers you that have like brings up trauma? Uh, my other one, I only have two. It's dogs and then people screwing with their teeth. With your teeth? Yeah, I hate that. So you don't, don't like, like, so it's like, so, so none of that like uh, Little Shop of Horrors, like the original version that of Jack Nicholson. Hate it. <laughs> I hate that. I, I, I don't like uh, the, the curb stomp scene in uh, American History X. Oh, American History X. I almost turned the movie off at that point. I was like, uh, I can never watch that again. That that part anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, go to the little guy. It tells you if any of that stuff's in there. And I have those two things I always look for. Sometimes. I don't always go to it, but if I feel like, oh, that dog is in danger, I'll go check it out. But anyway... Uh, so yeah, the dog gets away. They're going down the mountain, and real quick, I gotta I gotta say where this movie really screwed up from a money perspective is this this movie is a great truck advertisement, and I from what I noticed, you don't really notice what brand the trucks are in this movie. Mm-hmm. This would have been perfect for a truck tie-in. Chevy would have mm-hmm. like honestly, Chevy would have loved to be part of this movie. Ford Ford to eat Ford or Chevy really. 
Well, they got some great trucks in it too, because you got like you got the Toyota. Uh, it's not a Forerunner; it's actually a Land Cruiser that um, kind of like an eighty, like an eighty-eight one or eighty-nine, give or take. That's the one Lyndall Hamilton has, and of course the kids take up to the grandma's house. And then Pierce Brosnan one's amazing. It's got like that little snorkel unit in it, where it's just like that part where he drives down to the river, and he's like, "Okay, we can make it across." It's got a snorkel. And he flips the switch on, which I've always thought as a kid. I'm like, well, if it's got the snorkel built in there, why is all the water leaking into here? I mean, you've, you've designed this truck so that it shouldn't, so that you could drive through, like, rivers, and then it's leaking through. Like, that, isn't that a little bit weird? I don't know. I think it just keeps it from getting flooded. Well, it keeps the exhaust, so the exhaust isn't underwater, so the exhaust is now above. Because, like, mm. it's weird. Like, every once in a while, I'll run across, and I'll see trucks that have that on there. I'm like... Do you plan on driving through a river anytime soon? Because that's all I think about is Dante's Peak. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because granted, like every once in a while, you'll see people's trucks and they'll have that little snorkel thing on there. I'm like, oh, he must plan on driving through a river. That's one of those things. If I had, a, if I had like a lot of money, right, and I had a truck, I'm putting that on there. Oh yeah. Regardless. Like it's just gonna be there. Like even if I don't need it, I'm like, why do you have a snorkel on your truck? Why don't you have a snorkel on your truck? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I also love that scene because you watch, like, you know, Pierce Brosnan and, like, Linda Hamilton, they're like, we're going to cross it. We're going to breach this river like it's the Oregon Trail, you know? And then, of course, everybody else is like, hey, look at that guy found a shortcut. So they just, like, are driving, like, their, like, sedans and whatnot into the river. Like, you guys, I, I mean, I know you're in a panic mode, so, like, any, any options. But did that look like a feasible option, like the river thing? <laughs> I, something that crossed my mind in that very I, I think of weird shit during movies sometimes. And my favorite thing to do is to think of the weirdest cameos that, that actually work. And one of them popped into my mind at that point. But I thought it would have been really funny when Pierce Brown's one day able to be going across the river. Like you see those other cars follow him. And then one of them, Clark Griswold, pops out with the kids. That would have been great. So, long story short, because I guess we probably have to wrap it up. Pierce Brosnan and the kids go through all this traumatic stuff. His team gets out of town. We've covered the boss. The boss gets taken out by the bridge. So the bridge is out. They can't get out of Dante's Peak. They're done. They have to drive over lava, which that seems really intense. That one was pretty anxious, too. It wasn't as bad as the scene we're about to talk about in the Acid Lake, but it was pretty stressful. But that was the scene I was thinking this needed to be a truck commercial because, damn. Yeah, you get uh, that. Because I think that, like, what vehicle is that that's, like, the Forest Service one where they take that and that thing's just peeling across over, like, the hot lava and whatnot. I almost want to say it. I don't think it's a Ford, but, like, it does sure. It feels like maybe a, an older Dodge. I'm not too sure. I, I was looking at it. I think it is. I think it might be an older Dodge. I was trying to find the badges, and I couldn't find them because that's what was going through my mind. I'm like, what truck is this? Yeah. It's I like, know it's not a lava, but I'm just thinking, man, this could have been a great advertisement. But um, that seems really intense. If Pierce Brosnan, I mean, he delivers it really well. You really feel like, like he he's really good in these anxious situations. But you're like, shit, he's trying to cross lava. They're going across an acid lake. Um, well, that's like, like, I was just say this real quick because we haven't really touched on this. Really, the the ultimate take home thing of this entire movie is it has like such brilliant real effects in it so much of these effects are still models it's like i think that's what makes twister and dante's peak and independence day and all these movies of this like kind of like 
mid mid to late nineties era so good that we why we don't get movies like this anymore is because they combined like the best of everything. They had models, they had realistic explosions and realistic scenes. Then they sprinkled on the CG. Well, everything wasn't CG. The CG was there to enhance. You know, at the end of the day. And it's like, that's what, like, every time I watch this movie, it, it's so marvelous. Like, every single time there's a sweet disaster scene, whether it's lava coming in, the town getting destroyed, or even when they have that dam bursting at one point, and it's that sweet oh, model yeah. that they built for, like, four months. Like, if you watch, on the Blu-ray, they have a big old fat special feature on it, where it's like, they're, like, building that model and whatnot, and they, they put time and effort into it. And, you know, they shoot it, like, you know, at 120 frames or whatever the heck it is. And then it's, you know, bursting, exploding. And, I mean, it looks as real as can be, but it's, like, it's it's all a model. Yeah, you can tell it's a model when you watch it. And the dam looks really good. And the water effect, the water going over it just looks, I mean, incredible. Like, that, yeah. that's one of the scenes that will never be practical again. Like, if that movie was made today, 100% that CGI, yeah. they would never, ever, ever even, they wouldn't even consider building a model. The only thing, the rocks didn't look very good, and that kind of takes you out of it because the dam looks great and the rocks are kind of like, but, dude, that was a great practical effect. And it, it is a shame because you'll never see models yeah. like that again. Well, because this, if this movie was made in 2000, they might not have never used those models. Like, because models yeah. was already kind of, when this movie was put together, models still wasn't very common anymore. It was We were almost at the point where there was CG pretty much for most things like that. And I think that's what makes it so cool. Is I, I, I love models. Models, any of those kind of special effects and so on, that they just, to me... Because I guess at the end of the day, a, a CG dam bursting, even if it looks really good, it still always has that sort of like uncanny fake look to it, where a model's like, hey, it's, at least it's something physical breaking. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's literally mimicking what would happen. Yeah. And you you just can't, especially with water... Hmm, sorry, water. Water really never translates CG as well as practical water. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't have looked as good. And the lava looks great in this. All the ash. I mean, the town at the end when it's all blown up, except for the actual explosion of the town, um, which is practical as well. But it's kind of like the White House exploding in Independence Day, where it's pretty unrealistic, but it's really badass. Like. You get the bricks flying everywhere. That that's pretty cool. Well, I will say this: I actually pulled up some Mount St. Helens footage, like for sort of like kind of right after watching the movie again. And there was some of those disaster footage that they had, kind of in that. And it's like, oh, it actually kind of looked like exactly kind of how Dante's Peak looked. Like I thought Dante's Peak for some reason was kind of going a little bit like extreme with like some of that stuff. I was like, oh man, some of it looks it almost doesn't look that much different than that. Like they were they, they obviously must have watched that and based it all off of that. Oh, I'm sure they looked a lot uh, at a Mount St. Helens footage in the town. The, the only thing that was really unrealistic in terms of the actual explosion of the volcano was the way the buildings just exploded out. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, the, some of these volcanoes, when they blow up, it's like, I can't remember how many nuclear bombs. So maybe it is pretty accurate. Yeah, well, that's uh, the thing. It was, it was like the Mount St. Helens footage. They were just like, when it was kind of has that like explosion, so on, like it was just shooting trees and everything like that. I'm like, oh, that actually does look kind of like it. Cause that's why I was thinking when I was watching it, I was like, well, it probably wouldn't be like that, like explosive, maybe. You know, I, I feel like a volcano would be kind of like a slow destruction. But it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm off then. Maybe that's how it kind of looks. 
I don't know. I mean, it was cool either way. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but, um, special I, effects wise, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, this film, this film, I give an A plus on the special effects. I mean, the, the, so I mean, you could can you tell it's a model? Yeah, but it's still cool. Like that's the thing. I I don't care if I can tell it's something. I'm like, okay, how well did you do it? And mm-hmm. they did it well. Um, so I give the film high marks for that. Um, so basically they get trapped in town they can't get out it's like all of these kids they have been through you think these people are going to die like 10 times in the movie they overcome all these odds and now they're stuck in town where do they go what do they do well two things are set up early in the movie first when they're on the volcano the robot's not working so they take this elf thing off of it which is i guess like a global it's like a gps essentially uh, made by nasa they take it off the robot and they just leave it sitting there in the office and this is the one piece of equipment the guy doesn't get on his van <laughs> when he gets out of town. so pierce Brosnan goes and steals that because he's like hey we might need this because we're going to find some place to go where do they go the abandoned mine where the kid was hanging out earlier in the movie brilliant yeah <laughs> of course they got the dog too by this point like there's that scene oh, where they're, yeah. when they're driving across the lava that's what i that part where it's like I get it. Like it makes it for like the super happy kind of like ending. Like, hey, there was a dog. But they're literally driving across the lava, and they're like, hey, there's Ruffy over there, or whatever the dog's name is. And they're like, we're gonna have one chance because I'm not turning around for the dog. <laughs> so yeah. Linda Hamilton goes out there and catches this dog who's just like sitting out there on a rock with lava going. Around. How did that dog even get on that rock? God knows how. But hey, he's that- safe, and that's what matters. <laughs> Dude, that was just like such a like cherry on top moment. Like it's like they got the dog too. <laughs> they got the dog um, too as they're crossing lava. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing is intense. And so when they get to town and they get put in this mine shaft, right as the volcano is blowing up, by the way, I have to outrun the pyroclastic flow in a in a, in this truck, which makes it an even better Chevy commercial. Super exciting. The town's blowing up behind them. It's very War of the Worlds, where mm-hmm. like all the shit's happening, coming at them. They get into the mine, and you think, okay, I kind of see how this movie's going to end. I've forgotten all the stressful shit that happens in the next <laughs> few minutes. And I was legit getting anxious. Like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Mm-hmm. So, first, there's they get in there, and the kid's like, hey, we got snacks, we got drinks, you know, just welcome to my hangout, you know. <laughs> this, this, hey, mom, this is what I do all day long. Yeah, this is, you know, this is this is what I do. This is what I'm about. So Linda Hamilton and the two kids are hanging out with the snacks. Chris Bronson's like, when this is all over, I'm taking you deep sea fishing. But first, my dumbass left the elf in the trunk, so I don't really get it. <laughs> so he goes back, and as soon as he walks through there, half the mine shuts off, and he gets separated from Linda Hamilton and the kids. I'm like, damn, this is stressful. But you know what? He's just going to get in the truck. No big deal, and just turn the thing on, and he'll see him in a couple days, right? No, rocks fall. He gets a compound fracture, bone sticking out. Is another great effect. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so now he's got a compound fracture, but this is going to be painful. A couple days, really painful. But at least all he has to do is go in there and hit the button, and everything's good. Then everything starts caving in on the truck. Not only can he not reach elf anymore not only does he have a compound fracture he's got a barely he barely move now these rocks are pushing the truck in i was so claustrophobic <laughs> can you imagine like can you imagine being stuck in a truck for three days with a broken arm yeah and 
not knowing if you're gonna that's like oh my well God. that's what i think about like there's that part like afterwards we're like they're at like you know his rest of his science crew is all there and they're like hey how long's that light been on for they're like i, I don't know two and a half days two and Two and a half days? You didn't say anything? <laughs> like, you knew this was going on. That's what I think about every single time I watch that. It's like, those guys knew, and he just didn't care. Like, what do you think that, why do you think that light's on, like, all of a sudden? You know what I mean? Like, there's only six of you that know what this thing does. <laughs> Who's the one missing? <laughs> that stressed me out so bad when they say that, because I was like, when I've when I seen that stuff, I know what's about to happen. Like, okay, we're going to see the light. So I'm thinking... Oh, we just got to Portland. Let's see if there's a light on in here. Oh, there is. No. It's like, hey, how's all that been beeping? So when I say Pierce Brosnan is stuck in the stroke, if you don't understand, the roof keeps caving in. It is super stressful. So now, no food, no water, stuck in a truck with a broken arm, just hoping people come. Yeah. If they don't. <sighs> yeah, you literally, you're, he's sitting there for 48 hours. Hoping somebody got this message. Hopefully hoping that the whole reason that he ran out there and grabbed that elf thing in the first place and then had to come back to the truck later on to activate it, that it is going to work. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. There's that probably that point, probably all of like six hours into it, you're like, maybe the battery's dead. Maybe they don't notice this. What's going on? I would have been like that six minutes into it. God. You could almost because because they almost like if, if they didn't have that mention of it, like you could almost extended that scene, like it made it really feel like it was like oh geez, like even if you just extend that scene by like twenty minutes, that sounds like a long time, but you could have made that scene feel really intense by being like oh god, he's really stuck there for forty eight hours, because you know in a sense like if, if it wasn't mentioned that it took them two days to get out there and you didn't think about it in your own mind, you wouldn't realize how long that is because just imagine 48 hours of laying there on a truck stuck broken arm like not knowing if anybody's ever going to come to get you mm. i hate it i hate it <laughs> and here's the one thing they could have done to make this scene a little better they didn't have to make it 20 minutes longer what i would have liked to have seen which i'm glad they didn't do it because i was done with that shit <laughs> 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 i was done with that shit but what what they could have done is instead of just being like, hey, the light's on, and then cut to them rescuing Pierce Brosnan, it would have been really cool if, like, it cut to the truck, and Pierce Brosnan's there, and he's got his arm, bones sticking out, he's like, oh, shit, everything sucks, and he's like, <gasps> you know, and it's like, he, he's dehydrated, and you hear something, and then you hear rocks moving in, and it's like, boy, anybody down there? <laughs> that would have been cool, like, to see that moment, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, that could have made it more intense and made it feel like it was a couple of days, but I'm glad they didn't do that because, like yeah, I said, they just gotta have him like instantly dug out. Almost whole crews out there standing around, you know, two guys digging, eighty people stand there looking. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it so much. Did you ever see that movie with Ryan Reynolds buried? Yep, I saw it in theaters when that came out. <laughs> so ah, no. I'm not, no. That that whole part, the ending part, like we're getting there, we're getting there, man. It's been an hour and a half. We're gonna find you. Oh, well, what's this? Oh, it's a dead body. Oh, that's not you, Ryan. <laughs> Cut the credits. Yeah, I, mean, I, love, I love it, but I hate it. It's just damn. I love that movie for the fact that like it literally is an hour and a half in a box. 
It's like the easiest to shoot. The most expensive thing in that movie is Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? Like other than that, though, there's nothing expensive the in that movie. It's like the cheapest movie you could possibly make, and that's what I. That's why I almost went and saw it, and why I kind of enjoy it. But like, I was just almost laughing when it wasn't like, I, like, because I kind of knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. They weren't going to find him. Real quick, this is a good way to wrap this little review up because we started off talking about bad dreams. Mm-hmm. I remember another bad dream I had in the movie, and it fits in well with the very the end of Dante's Peak and what we were just talking about. I'm very. Um, there's a little snippet in, I think it's Ocean's 12. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. It's something they say. It's, you know, the part where Matt Damon's mom was interrogating him, but they don't know it's Matt Damon's mom. And then later after they found out, oh, that's Matt Damon's mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she mentions something like, we're going to arrest you. We're going to put you in a cell and it, you'll be on your back and it's too um, shallow for you to roll over and too low for you to sit up. And there's no windows, and I'm like, oh my god, that that stressed me. Just hearing it stressed me out so bad that that night I had a dream about it. It freaked you out from that point on, <laughs> I, dude. I was having I had to have emergency surgery one time because of my my uh, appendix. Mm-hmm. I got hit in the side playing football, and they're like, oh wow, this is something's not right. And so I had to have surgery really fast. And they're like, hey, your appendix is about to burst. Like you have like advanced sinus, like mega appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> Appendicitis isn't that bad. People get on time. Mine was like, like super fast, and like, yeah, we had to rush into emergency surgery. And I'm like, do I have to ride the elevator? <laughs> because I hate it elevator. Like, I hate. I guess I am pretty claustrophobic. But anyway, did, did Resident Evil One freak you out when they have that scene where that lady is like, I can fit out through the elevator. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's see if you can fit out. Well, I'm stuck all of a sudden. Oh wait a second, the elevator's going again. Ah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one. But even I just watched Speed the other day, and even at the beginning of Speed, where they're screwing around the elevator, looks right? up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hate <laughs> all that shit. I hate it so much. But um, anyway, I highly recommend Dante's Peak. Highly recommend it. I, I don't enjoy it as much as Speed, only because. I like the I like there's there's a certain element of fun to speed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's speed twister. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, speed, speed's, speed's good too, but speed's good. Too. Uh, but we, we reviewed Twister last week. Is why we reviewed Dante's Peak this week. But I, I don't enjoy it as much as Twister, but I do really, really like it. If they would have just maybe had a little bit more fun with the characters, especially Pierce Brosnan's crew, I think it could have been even better. But the effects are better in this one mm-hmm. I've, and it's definitely m- more stressful <laughs> <laughs> yeah def- definitely isn't that but um i think at the end of the day it's like this, the effects and the look of this movie is almost like such a great takeaway plus i think there's the location they choose to shoot it at and whatnot that town's cool looking in idaho and what have you you know, oh, yeah. it, it makes you want to go there like i was literally looking at like i was looking at pictures of them like dude the town looks the same today i'm like I I should, you know, spend like, you know, 20 hours and drive up there. Why not? Yeah. Not far for you? It probably is. Damn. If I if I had a guess cuz it's like very northern Idaho. I was looking where it's at. It's like, "Oh, okay. So it's like you're almost in Canada by that point." Oh, okay. That's yeah. probably what I said. Nice. Yeah, cuz I'm like um, if if it's going to take me like 12 hours to get to like the almost top of like Oregon, it's like, "Oh man, it's good." To get even farther the or- the Idaho out there, it's like Probably would take at least an extra eight hours or so. 
you, you don't think about it, but like you look at those those states are always so large that you, you always forget like how long it takes to drive through them sometimes. Yeah, you you do forget how big those states are. Like it's here, it's like I go to Florida and I go through like it's like a seven hour trip, eight hour trip, and I go through like four states like really quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Georgia for like 15 minutes. I'm not even joking. But you fly through Georgia. It's different, I guess, out west where every state's like a country. <laughs> yeah, every state's like five, six hours long. A lot of times across through them if you're lucky. I mean, California itself is scary long if you had to go from like top to bottom. But um, but Jeez. yeah, one of the ones I was like, I'm like, man, that, that would make for a cool little like trip, though, is to be to go to that town that they shot Dante's Peak in. Because it looks cool. It's got that, it's just got that really neat like, almost a mixture of like a Western town slash it has almost still like the building designs of like what you see, like in like the 13 colonies type towns. It's a weird mix match of it because where I'm kind of at, like you have all these like 1800s places, but they all have like that, like eight, like gold miner, like wild West kind of look to it. This town doesn't mm-hmm. have that wild West look to it. It has like a different kind of look in my opinion. Hmm. I wouldn't mind checking it out. Cause I, I see the 13 colony shit here all the time. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like that town has the in between between the Wild West and the Thirteen Colonies look, like slapped in the in the in between, with like a bit of you know Canadian kind of pride almost because it's so <laughs> close to the top. <laughs> That's very very weird. But um, but yeah, no, this movie's one of the ones I think the biggest takeaway more than anything else though is like it, the the effects in it are like brilliant. You know, if you're someone who's into like special effects and real effects and models and all that kind of stuff, like. You can't almost get too many cooler movies than this, you know. I, I feel like that mid nineties to about like late nineties is such a grand time period. I mean, even the movies this thing went against the Academy Awards for special effects, it was this movie, Lost World, Starship Troopers, and Titanic <laughs> going against each other. Like, come on. Like all those movies have brilliant special effects in them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's definitely an end of an era at this point in time. It's definitely, um, you know, right when people were making that transition and realizing CGI, hey, it could be more than a tool. It can be an entire damn movie. Yeah. Los <laughs> Lucas, son of a bitch. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, it, I do miss some of this stuff. And I, there's a certain charm to those 90s movies. And we've talked before. I mean, this is another thing about these 90s movies is, especially with disaster movies is it, they're better before 9-11. Yeah. Because 9-11 made action movies and it made disaster movies a little more real and a little more sensitive, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But like you could have so much more fun with this stuff pre-9-11. And um, it, that is very unfortunate. So some of this isn't really Hollywood's fault. Some of the changes that this particular type of filmmaking are because of of that, but um, damn, it was it was fun. The innocence of the nineties was fun. Like you know, then, oh, the gonna blow. We just move somewhere else. That's really true because like the nineties was all about the fun factor and you know having a little bit of attitude sprinkled over the top. And then the second nine eleven happened, that almost switches us completely into a, a new gear of the way that movies are made. You know, mm-hmm. that's where we start getting, not only do we get more movies that are grounded in reality, but they become more serious. They start getting the shaky camera because we want to have it have that documentary feel. Like, there's there's a humongous change that happens right then and there. And, uh, you know, for better or for worse, I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's still tons of great 2000s movies. I'm not saying that that's not the, sale, the, you know, the same thing, but 
the nineties had that magic era. It was like one of those ones like movies don't always feel as much magical past the two thousands and up, you know what I mean? Like there was a sense of magic that exists in the nineties. It exists in the eighties as well too. You know, mm-hmm. but that that good time period where like you could almost have a movie where it's a even it could be a disaster movie, it still felt like it was a fun ride. Yeah, well, I mean, the nineties were great. You know, the, uh, the budget was balanced. Everybody was happy. Yeah, we still had to lose money a little bit. Um, it, it was a good day. De- it was the last great decade. Some people say. And <laughs> it's funny you mention um, the shaky cam thing, like because um, Born uh, Identity is kind of that penultimate like movie that was filmed. It's like in production, they had to change how it worked because of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first action movie that came out that was um, really kind of developed during that time. And that's when things start changing. They introduced the shake cam and all that stuff. And that's really, I kind of consider that movie a turning point. I love that movie. Yeah. But that, that's like the turning point right there is that movie. Um, and it's just now kind of getting, John Wick is the movie. It's kind of bringing it back a little bit, I feel like. I agree. I agree. John, what kind of takes us back to like the eighties in a sense, almost where, yeah, yeah. Board, you know, all the board movies, they, they literally define the nineties or the two thousands, like as hardcore as can be. The other change is like, I was thinking like video games is that switch between Metal Gear Solid to when Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell became really popular because mm-hmm. that, that kind of was like, you know what? Splinter Cell or Metal Gear Solid was a little bit over the top, had a little bit too much characters, a little bit too much eighties, nineties, ness. Splinter Cell is grounded in reality. This is how it really could happen. This is how it should be. You know, and there's that change of character that starts to kind of happen right there. And, you know, as well as once, I remember, like, even being in the 2000s, like, it always kind of bothered me, like, man, why does everything have to be so, like, no color and, you know, grounded in reality and all this stuff? But I almost kind of appreciate it in a weird way now because now that it's past, it's like, oh, okay. It, it was a time frame and it's kind of cool. But, like, I remember when things kind of came out, that's all I could wish for was, like, why can't we have color again? Why can't we have, like, you know, larger-than-life characters? Why can't we have it be just a little bit over-the-top? I like over-the-top. There's good movies in that time frame, and there are things I appreciate about that time frame, just like any cinema. But I will say this, the early 2000s, 2000, 2005, probably, is the, is the years of movies uh, will I'll revisit the least. Like, I don't go back to that time period. My Born Identity is one of the few movies from that time period I watch a lot. I mean, I've, I watched the Rainy Spider-Man's not that long mm-hmm. ago, which the first two, I guess, kind of fit that era. Third one, I pretend doesn't exist. Um, it, but there's not, I mean, I don't watch the old X-Men movies. I can't, I can't even go watch the old Marvel movies from the era, like Daredevil, Punisher. I can't even watch that now. Really? Like, Dare, Dare, I kid you not, this sounds so weird. Daredevil, especially the director's cut version. My all-time favorite Marvel movie, hands down. I like it more than any of them, by far. Not more sing- than Infinity War. <laughs> more than Infinity War. I kid you not. I love that that Daredevil one, especially if you get the director's cut one, because that director's cut adds like thirty-five plus minutes into it, so it, it makes a huge difference. It's so good. Like, I, I, it's so dialed in. The movie starts off, beginning, to end. I, I love it. But um, I, I know what you mean, though, because I, I think like. The 2000s, it's like the 1950s. It's like there's some of those decades that just aren't nearly as strong of movie eras as others, you know? And it's like, I always look at the 50s kind of like, the problem that it sort of has is that's when, like, movies just became almost a little too family-friendly, so they became kind of goofy. Not saying there's not good movies that come from it, just like the 2000s, but it wasn't as strong to me as, like, the 30s and 40s are. No. Yeah, 50s weren't a great decade. It's kind of like, you know what? 
and we'll wrap it up with this, but it's, I look at how things change mm-hmm. and, you know, movies kind of went on a downward slope for a while and TV was the king again. And then you kind of have the Zoetrope crew come in in the seventies. Yep. You have your Coppola, Kubrick, uh, Kubrick was already around, but Kubrick does, you know, some things. And then you have Godfather come out and then Jaws and they kind of Scorsese and all those guys change it. And then it kind of started in the early 2000s to fade away again. Um, some of those guys weren't at their peak, it, it seemed like. Not yeah. Scorsese, the great one since then, but it seemed like they were out. And then when the Nolan Batman films come out, that's when I feel like things started getting better. Like about right then, it's like, okay, we're kind of getting back on track. Um, and by the time The Dark Knight comes out, I feel like movies have been great since like 2008. Since then, overall, there's a lot of great movies. So, you know, it's funny um, you mentioned the Dark Knight because the Dark Knight is amazing, and so is Batman Begins. But those ones are the ones where, like, they so do the 2000s grounded in reality more than anything else when you really think about it. Like, because yeah. that's like so Batman yeah. is grounded as can be, you know, with like very, very, very little fantasy whatsoever in it. You know, and then it's yeah. like as time kind of goes on, like we've kind of gotten to like we've been kind of at a pretty good age where like we get hardcore rated R movies that like can be as blo- violent as bloody as can be. You know, because that was always a problem too. Is you get those eras where like all of a sudden movies are PG thirteen once again, mm-hmm. and it's like oh god, we're going PG thirteen again. Like we were such in a nice R rated. Like I know I'm getting so distracted now from Dante's Peak, but I remember like do you remember when Rambo four came out? Yeah. I felt like when Rambo 4 came out, it was like, that was a, like the gates were open. It was like, violence is open. Go as bloody and gory as you want. It's okay. Because we started getting movies all the time. I remember like Tropic Thunder came out like right after Rambo 4. And it was like, oh my gosh, a comedy movie could be just as violent as like Rambo. And like, it's all totally okay and acceptable. And there was a glorious period of like when radar movies kind of went on. They kind of petered out about mid 2010s or so because i remember like it was like when expendables 3 came out they went to pg-13 and i was like oh we're going back to that pg-13 era again <laughs> yeah yeah we bounced back and forth between that i think john wicks helped it out a little bit now actually honestly deadpool yeah so, I, 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 think, I think deadpool was that that was our trigger back actually in like if rambo pushed us into a violent era and then it kind of petered out a bit after a while Deadpool's bringing us back because I think that said like, Hey, you know what? We can sell a rated R movie. And I kid you not ages five through 95 will come through that door. Cause that was Deadpool. I remember going there. I'm like, dude, there's going to be like very few people here. It's Deadpool. Like who the heck's going to show up to this? And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's literally four year old kids and there's 95 year old adults. And they all seem to be on the same page. Yeah. Deadpool was like, Deadpool was real raunchy and I'm surprised kids go see it, but Logan is another great one, and then and then now Joker just made like a billion dollars in this yep. rated R. So, I mean, floodgates are open with that, but um, yeah, don't worry. I'll, when we go off on tangents like this, I'm gonna save them, have them as bonus clips. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a tangent; it all relates to movies and all that good stuff. So I like I like these little things, and I'll just keep them as little tangents and little stuff, and I can use them later. So not this part. Okay, oh, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, Dr. Peak 1997. Um, if we didn't even talk about the director or any of that stuff, but that's okay. The, the I think director is interesting because uh, I actually wanted to mention this just because it relates to podcasts that we've done before. Mm-hmm. Okay, he did Species, 
He did Cadillac, man. I know that's like the most randomest ones that go together, but I'm like, that. those are the ones that jumped out to me. Here's the third one. Though we technically didn't watch it, he does the remake to The Getaway, which we did the podcast on the Steve McQueen version, but he does that Alec Baldwin version. That, I, that always sounds cool. Like, whenever I read about that Alec Baldwin, I'm like, man, if that movie wasn't like $20 plus on Blu-ray, I'd so buy it because it sounds cool. It, people even talk about like it's almost better than the Steve McQueen one. I'm like, the Steve McQueen one was already so good as is. Man, it's funny you. I gotta tell you why it's funny you mentioned that. Man. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I always think of when when I think of the getaway, I always think of Peck and Paw. Yeah, because he, he literally died on my birthday, like the day I was born. <laughs> he away. That trips me out for some reason, but um, yeah, I mean this movie's great. I you know um, great practical effects. I don't remember anything about the score, um, but acting's pretty good. Pierce Brosnan, I think Pierce Brosnan's great in it. I think Linda Hamilton's great in it. Um, some of the other characters you forget about, but it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's about those two, and it's about the action and about blowing shit up. And this movie blows shit up. Yeah, it, it delivers hardcore. Literally, you get the volcano of death coming towards you. Yeah, it's um, and then at the end you have a panic attack like I did. So if you're squeamish, heads up. I like. Do you think I'm just like that last scene to me? If you're claustrophobic, that last scene's going to F you up a little bit. It really will. So heads up, but go in, go in there brave. And I'll probably watch it again one day, even knowing all this stuff. So, um, But anyway, yeah. They, they literally, as I was this, they actually had to re-edit it in certain countries because of the violence in it and the gore and kind of, you know what I mean? You, you, it doesn't seem like, it, face value, it doesn't seem like it's the most intense thing ever. But like you kind of see where it's like, oh, it, it, it gets you on like a deeper level, some of these yeah, scenes. It, it's just, it's one thing to be trapped in there, but then the whole thing that came in, you got a broken arm, and it's just like... It's poking <sighs> out. I hate it. And then they have the Gatorades back there. They're hanging out with the snacks when they're looking them across the way. You know, we got yeah. drinks. Oh, you can't? Okay, that's cool. Hope you, hope you live. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just annoying. The whole thing's annoying. But anyway, Dante Speak, definitely check it out. Hi, Marks. Um, let me know what you think of... Uh, give us your opinions on what we said, what we missed out on, uh, what we got wrong. All which I don't think we got anything wrong personally, but we might have. So let us know and uh, give, us a, uh, give us your opinions. Check out Pizza Boys. Um, link below. Go check out uh, your webcomic and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, find us on uh, Twitter at via VHS, uh, on Instagram at via VHS pod. And uh, any, any last things to say before we get out of here? No, it's just uh, personally to me, Dante's Peak is always my ultimate go-to classic disaster film. I love it so much. You know, what I mean, every single time I watch it, it takes me back. It's always a blast. But um, beyond that, good stuff. Any of my extra work, Pizza Boys, Old Man Orange podcast, all that good fun stuff, you can find at oldmanorange.com. Simple and hey. easy. Boom. Well, thanks again for listening. Check us out. We'll be back uh, with some punk movies coming up next. And um, see you on the flip side. The VHS is out.